0: Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. With me as always is my good friend Jim Stam. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. And joining us for the very first time without being live... Is our good friend Alex Stump, the beat writer for DK Pittsburgh Sports and the Pirates? How is everybody doing today?
1: I'm doing well. good, man. You, Gary, you look so different right now that uh, I feel lighter. I, I'm telling you, man, it's just like I thought I got on the wrong, uh, you know, conference call here. I didn't even recognize you, but yeah, Gary has a, a haircut, so check it out on YouTube and, and boost our numbers there too.
0: So, we, yes, we, I, I was having this distinguished gentleman, Alex Stumflon, who got his haircut. I felt like I needed to do it. So, Alex, how are you doing? Fresh back from Bradenton. Are you enjoying the, the first cold day we've had in a week?
2: It's, I, no, no, no. I heard there was snow coming here a couple times, so it's not the first cold day. It's just maybe one of the first. <laughs> no, uh, good to be back. Good to be a lot tanner than I think I've ever been. That's a nice part about being down for spring training. You get to come back you know i heard about your sunburned neck
0: on your show the other day so
2: yes yeah well that's gone now those are the growing pains for it you know if i would have had the long hair still i i wouldn't have had that if we would have done the show like four months ago gary there would have been like 20 inches extra hair you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure you'll get back to it um but let's let's talk a little baseball because you know that's actually refreshing right now, especially with what this show's actually turned into the last few weeks. Um, being down in Bradenton, there was a lot going on, a lot with this new training circle, and I'm sure you've seen bits and pieces of it before you got to the spring training aspect of it. Let's talk about some of those new mechanisms they're, they're building in down there. I saw these darkening goggles that, you know, and shortened bats for certain players. I mean, what's the methodology behind those? Have you seen any other weird things like that?
2: I mean, I I wrote about the machines that were, you know, there's one that's further behind home plate. There's another one that's, you know, halfway up. And not just, you know, velocity machine. It's all four pitches. So if you're Mason Martin, you could have the occlusion goggles on for a session in the cage, go out there and try to hit a 45-foot, you know, ripping slider. So there's a lot of... A lot of it is based on we got to practice harder than we would actually appear in a game. That's, right. that's the most important part. If you prepare right, you're going to do better in games. And you mentioned, you know, shorter bats, some fungo bats. The, the goggles are the one that really fascinates me. And I think it's the one that is probably going to be taking the league by storm within like a year or two. Because that's just too good of a tool. Like to just read it immediately and try to read, break, read, spin, you know, out of the hand. If you can do that, that's an unbelievable asset to have as a hitter. If that has tangible results with someone like Mason Martin, I promise you those are just going to catch on like wildfire in the system and all of baseball. Mason
0: Martin's somebody that could use that pitch recognition, especially, right? That's his big issue. So, speaking of Mason Martin, I heard some reports that some teams were trying to hide their Rule 5 eligibles from, from scouts and journalism and whatnot. But I've seen the Pirates put out a few clips of Mason Martin and let you have an interview with them, I believe. Or Yeah. So it seems like the Pirates aren't really necessarily doing that, or are
2: they? I mean, there weren't other scouts there. Let's, let's touch on that. There weren't other scouts at Pirate City, and you, I do not blame them at all for that because a lot of teams are doing that. Right. Like maybe maybe it's one thing if you want to share some trackman data or something, you know, just as a gentleman's agreement, and make sure that you give these kids, you know, the best opportunity for the major leagues. Because let's be honest, someone like a, a Los Santos isn't going to make or break the franchise, but he could have a major league opportunity somewhere else, and you don't want to deprive him of that if he really does <clears> have <throat> a shot there. But no, it's, it there is a little bit of that crowd of you know crowd of the secrecy around someone like Mason Martin because he is such an obvious Rule 5 candidate because of the power that he has and the fact that he's been up in AAA. This guy isn't, you know, stash low in the minors. He's, going to, he's faced more or less the same level of competition that he'll see most of the time in the major leagues. And there's that huge strikeout problem, and you can't deny it. And, right. and I wrote a mound visit on that about how so few hitters end up having, you know, long careers whenever they have a strikeout rate that high. But the potential reward is so great. I think this is someone that, honestly, if he played a full, boy, a full 156 games in the majors, I guess I have to say <laughs> right now. I, yes, I think, there's no
0: Kyle Ripkins anymore, right?
2: No. I, I think he would flirt with about 20 home runs this year. Now, granted, it might also come with like a 250 OBP, and you know that's definitely not worth it. But he can, he's got power. And but when your team has play. no power... Maybe that's interesting to you, you know? And whenever your team has no first base depth outside of Yoshi, who's a free agent at the end of the year. Well,
1: and, and let's just touch, let me go back to the goggles just for a second for a guy like him and why it's, it's so important. And just to fill in anybody that didn't get a chance to kind of read up on what you were talking about, tell, tell the listeners exactly what you understand about how that works as far as, um, what goes on in the goggles and what they're seeing and what it's supposed to help them do.
2: Yeah, it. you put them on and about a fraction of a second later, it all goes to black. Mm-hmm. And you should know based off of that f- fraction of a second, if it all goes well, what type of pitch this is, how is it going to break towards the plate, is it going to be a strike? And if you whiff, it's like whatever whatever, if you whiff with that. But if you whiff on a pitch that was in the zone, that was a good swing decision. You did everything right right there. That's what matters. If you lay off a pitch that was, you know, I I read that was a slider, you know, that was going to be, that was going to one hop the mound or one hop the plate. That's another good sign there. And that's really the big thing with someone like Mason Martin, who acknowledges that it's especially two strike decisions he really has to improve on. And if he can do that and lay off a few, not only is it going to lead to more or less strikeouts, it's going to lead to more walks, a right. higher OBP, and that's really what it's going to come down to him. How often can he get on base? He's going to have the isolated power no matter what. It's, yeah, I was just
1: he, I was just going to say it's it's just about getting on base for him, however that may be. If it's just increasing the walk rate and lowering the strikeouts, you know the power should, would be there. I just think it's really interesting that tool specifically because. It just seems like for as long as baseball has existed, we've always just kind of depended on a batter to figure it out, right? Like you just either get better at it or you don't. You've got to be able to recognize pitches and rotation and things of that nature. And we've always just kind of let it be something that we don't have a tool for so i do think it's really interesting to see where this goes and and like you said alex i I mean you get one or two guys having some success with that i mean it's gonna be it could be a game changer
0: i just want to know if we can call it luke skywalker blaster training because (laughs) i think that's pretty much what it is (laughs)
2: it kind of is yeah yeah
0: i never thought I'll tell you what, Alex. There's a there's several I more guys. So I wrote so many talk.
2: stories about this, Gary, and I didn't think of that. And you I'm blew so it. mad at you myself now. Yeah.
0: How in the world did I out nerd Alex Stump? <laughs>
2: yeah, come on. I'll,
0: I'll tell you what. On that note, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back. We'll grill Alex about a few other players we've seen. welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Uh, with us still is Alex Stump, and boy, we have a lot of things to talk to him about. We just got done talking about some of the crazy gadgets and touched on Mason Martin a little bit. But you were able to catch up with some other players. Who really struck you this time?
2: I, I'm going to start off with Henry Davis. Not that, you know... Eddie, we all know Henry Davis is going to be a very good baseball player, but it was more just seeing the respect that every single player in that camp had. And I, I put this in Friday Insider a, a week ago that right. I don't know if he's going to be the best player on the Pirates, you know, five years from now. I am 100% convinced he is going to be the captain of that team. Like he, awesome. he That's does everything you want cool. to do in that. Yeah, like he's the captain of that camp like even you know during a batting practice at the end of or on uh what was that wednesday my last day there you know there were a whole bunch of players that you know between drills they could go anywhere they all gravitated to watch him and they're screaming out like if you hit it you can name it and then he goes he rips one into the gap and does a huge bat flip and there's a huge cheer from the crowd of players (laughs) there's a lot of stuff like that that's it's so assume. he's really
0: taking on the persona of Captain Davis, though. Th-
2: there is a reason. I Maybe Marcelo Mayer is a slightly better baseball player or a better prospect right now. There's a reason why the Pirates picked this guy. And spending a week watching him, I can see why.
1: So it really, as you, sit, as you sit there and watch him, it kind of just jumps out at you is what I'm gathering, that like he's, he's just a leader and someone that guys respond to. And we, what would be interesting is if you didn't know who he was, would that still jump out to you? And from what I'm gathering, it sounds like it still would be like, who is that guy?
2: Yeah, I I think you could have put in anyone who has even a tertiary knowledge of baseball on that Wednesday. You've seen how they would, all those players were responding to that one guy and you'd be like, okay, what's so special about that guy? Interesting. There's just so much, you know, that's around there. Um, Pure stuff-wise, I, this is the first time I got to see JC Flowers in person, and yeah, why aren't we talking about this guy?
0: Probably I'm, because he I, he profiles more as a reliever, and people don't talk about that as much.
2: That's fine. There are a lot of good no, players but that's the only reason, Alex. Relievers. Yeah, that's the we only reason. We could talk about look whatever he's he's throwing, well, ninety something early on in camp. So you have to imagine, you know, mid nineties at least. The slider looks sharp. It's Filthy right there. Yeah, that, he's,
0: he could be a, you know, people love to toss around that helium riser thing. But he's a guy that, like, if he, if he honestly, like, they make a conscious decision to move him into the pen,
2: he's a guy that could be here. Like, and I, and end I, of this year. Maybe 2023. I could yeah. see either one turning out. There's definitely going to be more demand for pitchers this year. Um, and then I'll save Frazier for the other one. Because Matthew. I, Matt Frazier, yeah. Because I had watched him on on tape in Greensboro, in Atlanta, and but like my paths just never crossed that I could watch him in Altuda. when I say, Atlanta, Altuda, and seeing him the first time, seeing the approach, even like how he goes between pitches in a live BP, and how you can see him recalculating in his head. Like this guy yeah. is, he's a, he's a big league hitter. And it's funny the video the you put out. Of, prospect.
0: I think it was you that put out a video. I think several people did the video of uh, Quinn
1: Priester. Yeah. Facing him. Mm-hmm.
0: And Jim, is that what you were going to talk touch
1: about? Yeah, I was just going to say it was fun to watch those two kind of match wits, you know. And um, I'm I'm so much. I mean, Priester. I think. Look, he's. He's clearly got a ways to go yet, but Fraser's somebody that, depending on how he looks, right? I mean, maybe he's closer than than um, people realize, and we've talked about this. We kind of need to get lucky with a guy here, here or there, and maybe he's that guy. So um, I, he's somebody that I want to see as much of a, as I possibly can from here whenever things get officially underway.
2: I think he's the type of guy that, fans should be excited about because he was a third round draft pick mostly off of pure talent like he didn't get to play a ton in college he had a couple injuries freshman whatever like just a pure raw talent guy and his willingness his desire to find different ways to get better during the covid season during instructs that followed during you know early parts of the season that what he'd really been worked on no it needs to continue to be refined you can I don't think that gets enough credit. He gets enough credit for that because how many baseball players you spend so long working on something new and you get into games and it doesn't work right off the bat. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to double down on this? Are you going to go back to, no, I was a third round draft pick with this and blah, 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 blah. And he's probably going to, you know, just fall through the cracks that way. No, he doubles down. He refines. He continues to try different ways to learn. And my goodness, what a year he had at the plate.
1: He yeah.
0: certainly did, and I hate to think what he could, how quickly he could move. the The Pirates are very quickly kind of developing from what was a wasteland, a pretty deep outfield prospect pool right now.
2: There, someone needs to emerge because Frazier. I I really like him as a prospect. He's not top one hundred or whatever right now, and they don't have that guy now. Travis Swierdty is someone who I I think it has a floor of like a fourth outfield or worst case scenario. Smith Najigba, I like some of the tools. Sawinski was someone who, you know, took a step last year and if he takes another another, he's, you know, this big time outfield prospect. There's a collection of guys. Even before you get to like the Lonnie Whites and Braylon Bishops and guys that they acquired through the draft, someone has to step up and flank Brian Reynolds on at least one or two sides here. Because they have a lot of names. None of them really look like sure things at at the time, but Frazier showed that you can take steps and you could get yourself in that conversation.
0: Right. I mean, like we didn't even talk about arguably my favorite of the outfield prospects is Calvin Mitchell. I think I, I was kind of surprised that he wasn't chosen over Jack Sewinski, but um, so it, be it. I could have gone either way on that.
2: It wasn't the reason why, like it was never told, but you can't ignore the fact that the outfielders that Charrington did add out of that group were Smith, Najigba, and Sawinski, and both of them he traded for versus inheriting Mitchell. Not to say that was the reason why right? you no, can't ignore the, that fact. No,
1: those, those tend to be factors. I mean, guys like their guys. Um, so I there wouldn't was... discount it.
0: There were some other guys down there that this is really the first time we've truly got to get eyes on them, I would say. Brennan Malone was there, right? Yeah, boy. What was that like? I mean, we've seen nothing but bullpen videos
2: of that kid. If he can stay healthy, this, he, he could be if, – if Brennan Malone is healthy, here's your hot take for, that you could like make a clip video for or whatever. If <laughs> Brennan Malone is healthy – he could be the Pirates' minor league pitcher of the year. Wow! Like, he still has that first round stuff, and and if anything, there are some areas you've seen him progress still, especially with the breaking stuff. That if he cleaned up some things mechanically, and he could stay on the field, and he could continue to build off of that first round pedigree that he justifiably had, I, I don't know. Like this, it's a deep, deep sleeper, and it comes. With the caveat that if he gets hurt or if it doesn't go out well, I don't know what happens to Brennan Malone in 2023. Right. He might go to the bullpen if it doesn't go well. And at that point, you know, a, a, a low A, high A relief pitcher, how much, you know, stock can he put <laughs> into a guy like that? But yeah, this, that's my deep, deep sleeper for this year. <laughs> I like
0: it, man. Jim, you got anybody that you wanted to touch on?
1: Um, let me think here, I guess, is there anybody else, Alex, That um, let's go the other way. Was there anybody that you saw that you just maybe a little underwhelmed by, or just, you know, having read certain things and then you just maybe didn't notice them as much. Was there anybody that st- stood out to you that way? Yeah, this
2: one's tougher. Um,
1: and not that maybe they look terrible.
2: It's just no, that, no, 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 I, no. I know what you're saying. Like. If a guy was, you know, uh, the number 12 or number 15 prospect and I go thinking, well, why was he ranked that high? Um, mm-hmm. I hesitate to put really any hitters on there because, you know, live VPs, it's still early in camp. You're still getting your timing down. I, I don't want to bury anyone Sure, in, in that regard. Relievers, I was higher on Blake Wyman a, a couple years ago. And I kind of saw him and it wasn't leaving the hand as much. And I know I think i put it in a, in a live queue that, you know, hey, Wyman looks good. And then I realized that was actually cam view. So it's like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. So that that's a mistake on my part. But Wyman was someone that was like, you know, this isn't leaving the hand as hot as it probably needs to. And I know there are a couple relievers in here, like a, a Cam Aldridge, you know, basically in the same spot, you know, soft tossing lefty reliever, but Cam looked like he might have added, you know, a tick or two to it, which he needs. It could probably be that dividing line between like, can you be a major leaguer or are you just triple A depth? Right. I didn't see the same thing from Wyman Whatever I thought like a year ago that he could, could have been that.
0: Yeah, Cam's got all the hallmarks of a doubleheader call up. Yeah. You know like he's and, and don't don't take that wrong. I like the kid a lot I do I just when you when you look at what he's stacked up next to in in his same age group, sorry it just isn't gonna happen. I just don't think so and I think he'll get a shot just because he's next in line not because he he's expected to be much of anything and that stinks but it's the truth at least do. as far as I'm concerned
2: how many people have played major league baseball? Like there was that big countdown, the 20,000 that yeah. if you would have put all of them into Yankee stadium, it would have been at like 40% capacity. Like yeah, you do right. the history of baseball. Like it's, that's, it's insane. That's, yes. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> So, so like if, to say are, someone's like you're a double header guy you're you're just you know you're gonna be up and down your entire career it's like well congratulations you're you're one of like the point 0.1%. yeah you're still super successful right? yes. it, it, it's an
1: incredible incredible achievement that certainly doesn't need to be knocked but yeah I mean we're talking about viable contributors to the major league roster I mean you, know, you
2: got to draw the line somewhere right not everyone is gonna be an all star not everyone's gonna be a major league starter so that's the ceiling for some people and that's fine. Sure. Well, that's not what I've seen on Twitter at all, Alex. I mean, no. how much <laughs> no. news do you want to break
0: here? I mean, so I, there are two more specific guys that I wanted to talk about because I just I heard some things about them. Uh, Jared Jones just happens to be one of my favorite draft picks from that class. And I heard that he added a curveball, which I didn't even think he needed. And And what I heard beyond that was it looked incredible. So
2: do tell if you <laughs> – it didn't look like a, a quarantine project, which which is what it was. And you know, he got to throw it last year, but
0: he's already a fifty fv prospect adding yeah. A curveball.
2: Yeah, it's it's not a show me pitch a garbage. You know, just try to get a swing and miss. Like it's something that I'm convinced he's going to throw more and more in the strike zone, get more whiffs and called strikes that way. And that's my sleeper, by the way. I think he's someone who this time next year year could be top 100 because he has such unbelievable stuff. It's just, you know, it's just with every. What is it with almost every single high school pitching prospect? It's control and the changeup. Right. And because you don't throw the changeup in high school because you don't want to give, you know, some scrub hitter a a chance to face a slower fastball. (laughs) So, of course, it never gets developed outside of, you know, perfect game or whatever. And then control you just grow into that so he's the prototypical big big arm prep pitcher that i with that curveball he now has two really high spin breaking offerings that just move right. that can break in different directions there's just a lot of different tools with him i guess that's the big thing with the curveball it's not a slurve it's a curve and that's important right. whenever you have that slider already in your back pocket
0: that's that's well, what i felt was really cool about it too so jim
1: you I have mean say? i no, I was just going to say is I think he's already – I mean, does that give him four pitches now that he's that yeah. he's comfortable or hopefully comfortable with throwing? Um, you know, he's got the velocity. He, I worry a little bit about him size-wise. He's not overly uh, – you know, he's not a huge guy. And uh, we talked about – you talk about control and things that – what we hear about younger pitchers. And obviously, can his arm – is his arm going to hold up so that would be the only other concern is but that's that's everybody that throws a baseball right that that's a concern
2: with a lot of guys and and I and I hear the size stuff, and he's not a little dude. <laughs> like I feel he's like not. I get to, hes like six one, six two, which puts him, what like in the seventieth percentile in height. You know, it's like, oh yeah. man, look at look at the short guy. Uh, Maybe just a little—you'd like a little more. Uh, no, no, you
1: filled outness from him, I think. But other than that, three more yeah.
0: inches, and we'd be calling him lanky and worried. He's Tyler Glass now. That's so. Also in fair all sincerity, too, yeah. there's just absolutely no perfect height or anything but i hear you because everybody said the same, same stuff about lighter at the draft last year oh well, you can't draft jack lighter he's too short i mean i heard that a hundred times like
2: lighter <laughs> also didn't have the advantage of a full college season and whenever he, he i don't want to say dove off but he definitely didn't finish the way he started and whenever you have the size and then it's okay that it just snowballs on you jerry well, jones hasn't had that problem
1: well, what's great is uh, we can talk about who is it, Drew Jones now, who's now we're, we're getting to the consensus number one pick, right, just like Rocker was. Round. Yeah, just like Kumbar Rocker was. And I'm just glad we're in that season of where things are that we already know who's going to be number one, even though we know that's probably not how it's going to work out.
0: Another month people will be talking about will there be a draft. So let's just <laughs> leave it go. And uh, I promised Alex I was going to keep him out of that today. So, All right. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to bother you about Eddie Yeen. I think that he's too far away for anybody to bother trying to pretend they know what he's going to be. But Carbon Majinski, one other one.
2: He's, he's a dog. He's not going to start in AAA, correct? I mean, that, that, no, I know no, he no, made that, it. But... No, that was just end of the year. AAA knew the starter. Greensboro's season was done it was a chance for him just to get another start right that, i just i'm
0: seeing yeah. people accelerate his timeline based on that that quick no. call up and i just wanted to kind of get you to clear it up as a professional
2: no double a and you know i i wouldn't be shocked if he finishes in triple a if the curves don't make the playoffs right or maybe he even pulls an omar cruz and he goes up for a little bit but no, he's going to start in, in altoona interesting g- guy uh with sinker slider coming in, now we're seeing a lot more four seamer out of him. So it's definitely a different pitch profile. It's you know trying to learn who he is, how to manage himself, how to not kill yourself in the work, in the weight room, and you know just with a bunch of work, you know manage yourself better in those regards. That's something that he's working on, trying to improve. Kind of a you know work smarter, not harder. In so if way. I'm correct, last
0: year. Was his first healthy season that he's ever played.
2: He he did have the
0: shoulder strain, though. Okay, and so how he was out for a few weeks with that,
2: right? Yeah, which is why he went to the Arizona Fall League. So he ended up pitching like a you know full seasons worth, you know, what whatever that would be, probably like twenty five ish starts. Yeah, that's going to be the real bugaboo with him. Yeah, and and it's something that he didn't start really or pitch really until he was a senior in high school. So he. it is going to be the very baseball word bugaboo. I can't think of anything better than that. Um, that's just how it's going to go until he does have that actual full healthy season. He feels like he's trending in the right direction. There's some good stuff. He has the stuff to be a major league starter. And if, yeah, if, not, a starter, if not a starter, a good reliever. Like He's going to be a major league pitcher at some point. We will see him at PNC Park. It's how does he continue to manage himself? Can he knock off the injury bug and and learn more about his body let's
0: hope so hey from uh from me anyway i'll let you talk to jim but uh alex thank you so much man for the update from down in bradenton um we're gonna let you go on your merry way probably unpack the rest of the way and let jim and i Duke it out here for the last little bit of the show over some of this stuff that yeah. we want to be a little more passionate about.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll spare you that conversation for once. So uh, maybe maybe once things get worked out, um, that's something that we can you know at least have you back on to talk about. But we'll we'll let you miss it for today. I'll be oh, happy I to- will
0: say this though before you go. Right? Okay. I hear you got a good column in the works if you wanted to give mm. us a little bit of a preview of what's going on with yeah.
2: that. Yeah, this is uh, this comes out Friday? Yeah, yes. this will be out tomorrow too. All right, so you could read it on the site now actually. Uh, Dewey Robinson, the Rays pitching guru who really gave some good insight on how you go about – you know, pitcher development and a lot of teams, whenever he was a free agent, they wanted him. They wanted the playbook. John Baker wanted the man, and that's why he's a Pittsburgh Pirate. And boy, did they get a good one to add to that pitching staff. They got this young stable of pitchers, and they got someone who really knows how to grow them. Take a that's look awesome. at what happened in Tampa over the last decade. A lot of that was him
0: i'm super excited to read it and yeah man uh,
1: that sounds great why have, has tampa been any good i i must have missed it so
0: yeah they've been all right they've been good jim they just haven't done it the right way oh uh, well then oh sorry alex i keep doing it see why you got to get out of here how do i log it off <laughs> thanks again man uh let's take another quick break Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Um, we're going to do a little experiment here and see how bad our ratings drop off after the great guest Alex Stump left the show. Um, and uh, we'll call this the dark side of the Pirates Fan Forum today because Jim and I are going to unload on this whole CBA thing a little bit now, I think. Um, boy, it's it's fair to say both sides... Screwed the pooch here, I think. I don't think either side had any kind of a willingness to really understand where the other one was coming from. I actually think the player's money ask was reasonable, if that makes any sense at all. I just think that the allocation of that money is not reasonable. And I think that's ultimately what stops the deal from happening the there's a band of, of owners that are not going to let that CBT go beyond a certain level period it's flawed thinking because that CBT doesn't matter there's only so many teams that are going to hit it anyway all it's going to do is unleash a few teams that were a little shy about spending let them spend a little more that's all it's not going to change the Pirates' a lot in life very much.
1: I'm starting to think, Gary, we're. Uh, we, we love a sport that doesn't love us back, man. Like, you know, I, I just. I don't know. You said something interesting that you thought both uh, parties here kind of screwed the pooch. Yeah. Um, you know, I happen to see it that way. It's really interesting, though to go on social media and just see kind of um, there's very little of that. I think people definitely are digging in on one side or the other. And um, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe we just – I'd be interested just to do a, a a simple poll, man. Yes, no, or who are you, the owners of the players? Who do you blame in this? And I want to see how it comes out because it seems like very few people ha- kind of have the attitude that we have, which is, hey, look, the owners aren't being reasonable. They've never been reasonable. But I don't know that the players have a good idea of what they should be fighting for in the first place.
0: Well, you know, I I agree with that 100%. I think my biggest problem with, with this lockout is I don't know what the owners are fighting for. They're fighting for status quo. They're not fighting for change. No. Like we we sit here no, but we sit here and we talk about like um oh no no, they, they, they definitely uh have to have to put in some kind of a floor. Well they're not trying to put in a floor. They're trying to make sure that the CBT doesn't go up very much. Uh-huh. And they're trying to make sure that they get expanded playoffs and they don't pay the young uh, the uh minimum salary too much more. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And they're not going to budge on losing any of their years of control i understand all of those things as separate entities i really do right my problem is again i think what mlb players are asking for is reasonable the money that they asked for as a totality is absolutely reasonable Mm -hmm. mlb should be paying their players at least what they're asking for. The problem is, if those additional funds were released in the way that the players wanted them released, they would all be spent by two or three clubs. Well, that's the problem.
1: It is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, boy, I get all choked up when we start talking about uh, the labor dispute here in baseball. But uh, no, I think that's the thing is that's really interesting and why I don't get too carried away. of of blaming the owners over the players or the players over the owners, whichever way you want to look at it. Like, look, we know know what the owners are like in baseball. A lot of them, boy, if they can just get away with not having to increase costs and not pay, they're going to do it. I mean, that's just the nature of how they seem to uh, run a lot of their clubs and their businesses. But as players, look, I don't think anybody is begrudging them to want, better pay especially for all these guys and we know there's a ton of them that should be compensated better than they are and those should be going up but here's the issue what you spoke to is this the players just want the money to increase they and they don't care where it comes from they do not care if it's one or two or three teams and that's where the thinking to me is flawed Everybody wants to talk about competitive balance, but to me, it's just the guys to just talk about what you really want to get and make no sacrifices for it.
0: It's funny because both sides bring up competitive balance. Oh, both sides did absolutely jack shit for competitive balance.
1: Zero. And I'm sorry.
0: We actually try not to use those words on the show, but
1: (laughs) I'm actually irritated, but the, the, uh, Gary, you, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, that, that's, that's, what, that's why I, I don't let either side off the hook there is that nobody, everybody keeps wanting to talk about the game and, uh, you know, improving the on-field product and getting the competitive balance back, and they're just words. All the actions are proving otherwise that none of them care about that. They just want the money. Well, let's let's
0: do a little thought exercise here. I love to do those things.
1: Okay. Let's
0: say that the, what the players want is is absolutely right. We hear, I mean, we certainly have some champions for that on Twitter, don't we? Right. That the players I, should get everything. They're uniquely talented, right? There's I nothing unique about, about the league they play in. They're uniquely talented. Um, 105 million for you know, a pool of players, you know, that are young, increased salaries. Let's go all the way up to what they really wanted, like 800000 right? Let's yeah. just give them everything they wanted. CBT up around two hundred and fifty. Actually, they probably just wouldn't have a CBT, would they? There'd be yeah, no but, restrictions on spending. But
1: let's just say that there's, yeah, two hundred and fifty.
0: Okay. Let's say that all of those wants from the players – Actually, that's the way to do it. The last night of negotiations, the morning of Tuesday morning. Everything the players wanted on their last proposal gets pushed through. The owners sign it. We're playing baseball. As a Pirates fan, how livid are you with Bob Nutting for voting for that and letting it go through?
1: How livid am I? Or just in general, as a the, fan. the fan base. Like, um, let's,
0: like next year when they when they say, "Oh, we can't mm-hmm. we can't pay as much as as the Dodgers," I'll tell you what I do in my head. I go, "Well, Bob, maybe you should have voted against that last year instead right. of ratifying it." Now, if you if you find that they unanimously ratified it, which they would. <clears throat> What would you have to say about Bob Nutting? Did he do his job? Did he defend his franchise?
1: No. I mean, I don't know that I'd be upset about it, only because I'm past that point with a lot of baseball that uh, I would be, you know, angry or furious over it. It would just make me feel more disenfranchised about the process in general Um, and kind of... um, It would make a whether it's fair or not. I tend to believe it is fair, but make a point for a lot of people that Bob Nutting's a pushover, and he's not really interested in doing anything but lining his pockets. So,
0: which you know, I'll still say can exist along with uh, everything else we said. He can be a miser, and he cannot be spending as much as he should. He's not. Mm -hmm. He's not. In fact. A lot of the stuff that hit the fan this time probably doesn't hit the fan if there's not teams underspending on purpose. They could spend a little more than they are. Unfortunately, nobody knows that actual number.
1: So, I mean, and, and 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 I do think <clears throat> this needs to be said at least from my end is, it look, Bob Nutting and the Pirates are are a big part of the problem with how things are viewed in major league baseball. And I get that. And I am slightly uncomfortable with letting the pirates kind of be the poster child for what needs to change in baseball and why. Um, I'd rather see another team or two out there organization wise that kind of fits why the changes are needed more. It makes me a little uncomfortable that uh, a team in an organization that probably hasn't done as much as they could have, and, and we know that, is at the forefront of it. At least here in Pittsburgh it is. I don't know on a national level, but they sure seem to be um, – I mean, they were trending the other day on Twitter nationally. So we, we, we seem to get a lot of that publicity. They're
0: trending because they're the easiest example and most extreme example.
2: But it's, I wish it's... they weren't. Because I'm not exactly comfortable with it.
0: Okay, but I wish that we could show a picture of a protest of anything and not show the one jackass that's doing something horrible, you know, in that in the crowd and make that representative of everybody. That's I mean, this is what happens in 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 social media. I'm sorry, the pirates are are the poster child for it. They shouldn't be, but they're banded together with ten to eleven other teams. And that's the point
1: too. This You're talking
0: year. about Arizona. They've spent big before. Remember when they went and got Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling, and mm-hmm. come I, they they went and did some
1: yeah they some had, work. Had Luis Gonzalez they brought in. I mean, right? They, they I mean they yeah. Spent I many. mean, look. I know it doesn't mean a lot. It doesn't change anything. Um, but I think when we get people kind of kind of parachuting in on the um, argument or our discussions. And they tend to think that, uh, you know, we're using the pirates as the example. We use them because they're here. Um, they're probably <laughs> we use them because <laughs> the
0: only reason anybody we're talking to cares about it is because right. of them.
1: Right. But it doesn't mean we don't acknowledge the fact that uh, they're not exactly the best example of, you know, why things probably need to change and and, and change on a pretty significant level. Yeah.
0: But Rob Manfred finally said something out loud, too, that I think, you know, nobody wanted to say out loud for the longest time. I mean, here's his exact quote. We have a payroll disparity problem. He's talking about the CBT here. Um, To weaken the only mechanism in the agreement that is designed to promote some semblance of competitive balance is something that I don't think the club group is willing to do. Now, when he talks about club group, I mean, the Pirates are part of that. Let's sure. not pretend they're not. They they are. They're part of that group that is pushing back against that CBT. I've heard that exact number is 220, that they don't want it to go above. And I've heard that the players have to have it at least 230. So there's a problem there, but it doesn't seem insurmountable. Um, to me, though, I'm glad to hear him acknowledge that that it's a problem. But the CBT has not and will not ever solve this problem on its own. No. And as much as the players don't want it, and I don't care what you call it, I just wrote a whole piece the other day. Maybe just quit talking about it like it's a it's a system and just do the individual components and see if you can just snake oil a salesman it past them. Because Build some kind of a mechanism in that that ties in percentage of revenue sharing to spending. Something like that 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 gives these owners some kind of an accountability for how much they can and should spend. Because if you don't, all you're doing is adding a few million dollars to the top that well-intentioned owners who you just sat here and told me you didn't trust – are going to spend more money
1: are going to are going to be the ones that can spend it. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about this is, is that you've got owners, the players don't trust the owners rightly. So the players uh, need to see um, some concessions made by the owners. I, I'm not arguing that, but you're also deal. Okay. But you also know they can't be trusted, Right. You can't, you can they can't trust the owners. So why wouldn't you put in a, a system and a mechanism that would take that out of their hands and force them to adhere to things, even if it made you feel like you had to give up a little bit to get it for in the long run, getting more what that's an what understand. if you don't trust the people that ever do the right thing, then you got to put some rules and parameters in place.
0: Right. And when the owners proposed it, let's not lie, they lowered the cap and, and stiffened the penalties on it so that it was essentially a hard cap. They proposed a cap system. They did. They left the revenue sharing figures where they were. That's why the cap went down where it did. Yep. So they're lifting their skirt and they're telling you $100 million is what we feel we give them enough in revenue sharing to spend comfortably. That's what they're telling you. I think they're probably short-changing that a little bit. <laughs> I think they probably could get up to 150 pretty easily. I think if you're talking about universal across the board, even in a bad year, I think every team is capable of 150 Maybe I'm wrong. Too. I don't have the numbers in front of me. There's a way to do this, is my point. The problem is, as silly as it is, you cannot put that function in there without the player's hair standing up on end, Scott Boris standing behind his puppets telling them, no, no, this is a cap system, don't do it, no, no, they're holding you back. You could raise that cap to $300 million. You have to put some kind of a, a bare minimum in. Or I don't expect it to ever get better. And it's not even about competitive balance. It's about should every team be paying or investing a certain amount in payroll? Yes, they should. A new owner would come into this market and do the exact same thing. It would not be much more. I'm sorry to tell you that. Baseball itself has a problem. It's not just this damn owner
1: yeah and if and even if it were to change it would be short-lived um you know in short spurts with is what we see with some teams and i mean let's just let's just for look man you know i'm tired of hearing about people argue about parity and how and uh, you know people throw out all these these numbers and they frame it the way they want to and um how about we just worry about giving everybody an evil level playing field? and then How about we happens- worry
0: about what we claim to worry about? We worry about the players getting this bigger pool of money. If you want the players to get... Oh my God, I just struck me the perfect way to put this. Okay. If you want to have a swimming pool, it stands to reason that you should have it's surrounded and capable of holding water. If you want to have a bucket that players get of money, it stands to reason that you need to confine it on the top and bottom so you know how much it is, and you can actually hold them accountable.
1: Yeah, you can control it, essentially. That's,
0: that's all we're <laughs> saying. I, again, I don't care if you make that cap 500000 I don't care. Or a million. At some point... The game, the way it grows, will grow into it. And if it, if the pirates have to suck another 25 years before they grow into it, oh, I don't know how we'll live. We've dealt, <laughs> we've dealt with it for 40 freaking years now. I, was gonna
1: say, I know exactly how we'll live, Gary. <laughs> Again, I
0: don't care if you make it 500000 I don't care. Give them as much as you want. But if you don't control the bottom, then you don't control the top you can't you don't that, force anybody up to that ceiling if you don't give them a floor you have to force them up to it there's no reason beyond their goodwill to go over it
1: that that's exactly it we've got to get the players have to get past past the point of you already know you don't trust them so what are you going to do about it, to, it to, to make sure that that doesn't play a part in it that even if they want to be crooked, they cannot. What are you going to do to ensure that that doesn't happen? And you can't just go and throw half measures in and then just hope that two or three teams um, keep you afloat. Here we go back to the water analogy keep you afloat to do the things you want everyone to do. And I mean, the, so, you know, again, back to the whole thing is look, I. I I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know, because, you know, it seems to me to be pretty split, but maybe I'm wrong, whether it's owners or players. I see it both ways. I, I don't know how you can get around it and just constantly spit out things on, on Twitter every day and just see it from one side. I, I, I don't know how people do that, but certainly they do. It, it's
0: – honestly, it's, it's partially virtue signaling, okay, it's. I want. I want. I want everyone to know that I that I think these players should make as much as they possibly can. Period. With absolutely no restrictions whatsoever. And and that makes me a much better person than you because picking I said up, that
1: I'm and I said up that online. Sarcasm,
0: but I said it online, Jim, and that's really important. And they need to understand that I think they should make everything they possibly can. You know what? The thing is, I, I don't care. They can make everything they want. I don't care. I don't get mad at Patrick Mahomes in a cap league making as much as he possibly can. I didn't get mad at TJ Watt. I don't care what what the players make. Pay them as much as you possibly can. I, I don't care. Again, I'm saying make the cap huge. The game itself brought in $10.9 billion a couple years ago. Everyone loves to throw that number around. Split it 50-50 and make the cap and floor whatever you have to make it to make it make sense. I don't care. But if you don't bucket it in, don't expect it. Don't expect to get that percentage. They're going to shave it every way they possibly can. Just like when I pay my taxes, if they pop up and say, hey, you want to donate $5 to the Turnpike Foundation? I'm like no way I don't want to donate anything to the turnpike foundation. I don't want anything to do with that. Sorry. Do I want to donate 10 bucks to donate organs? No, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. You've taken enough money from me. This is a poor time for you to ask.
1: Oh, look, owners are very good at keeping, keeping their money. They didn't get to where they are. Typically, unless they were born into it. Mommy and daddy had it. They didn't get into these positions because they're stupid. Um, So you better hold them accountable and you better figure out real practical ways to do it or we're going to be right back in this situation X number of years down the road and um, it's going to be Groundhog Day. Absolutely.
0: And I, I think that's probably the worst part of it is I don't think anybody will learn from this. They've cost us games and done absolutely nothing and made no changes. And any of the changes that are on the table, they don't make anything better for the teams that are on the bottom end of this thing at all. I don't think they measurably make them better for the teams at the top either. It's not like I, I don't think there's anything transformative in in this at all. I think it's a few more bucks here and there. I think the average salary will go up very slightly. I mean, I think like most of the average salary jump will be
1: from that minimum
0: salary. It won't be from like
1: this whole big lump. And if anything, that's probably the shame of it is, is that once again, it seems like the 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 players who are aren't in a great position tend to get shortchanged. Um, even though we hear all this other stuff about it's it's really about them and fighting for their future. I don't see it. I mean, they talk a good game about it, but I, I don't know that I see that when it really comes down to it.
0: I saw the other day some uh, one of the uh, executive committee members for the players said, uh, we do this because the guys before us did it for us. <laughs> and the next guys will do it because we did it for them.
1: Uh-huh.
0: What did you did? What exactly did you did? I mean, you, you're making about 42% of the revenue that comes into the league. Uh, anybody else would fire their negotiator on the spot.
1: They're, you find yeah, a way consider, to do it. You can do it. Considering they all think that they got shafted in the last deal, I mean, but they did—they yeah, did. If saying, you just, I'm saying, but what are you bragging about? Saying that you did exactly, but if you just look at like the straight
0: revenue numbers versus you know what what these both sides supposedly make, yeah, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. That's why I say the players' requests are completely reasonable. It's the allocation of those funds that's not yeah. reasonable it's the expectation that those funds will be evenly distributed that that is insane it's 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 just it's mind-boggling that as many smart people talk about this that they just cannot understand basic economics of how this stuff
1: works which which tell which tells me that you know they probably do they just aren't willing they don't think they have to do what's necessary to get what they want they're they're so entrenched or in the belief that we'll, we'll we'll win we'll get it our way and we won't have to do any of that we're not going to have to we're not going to have to sacrifice
0: where they want to dumb it down to name calling and i don't mean the players and owners i mean like we're talking like just people on social media oh you're a bootlicker like that's your favorite i know oh yeah um or uh Why are you carrying water for the players? And, Dude, it's not about assigning blame. It's about fixing the game. And and the first thing you have to do is admit there's a problem. I think that's one thing right there that we can all agree on right away. There's a damn problem. It's not good on the top. It's not good on the bottom. It's not fair for the middle veterans. It's a bad system. It's a bad system. Fix it. Instead of sitting there and bitching about moving up and down ten million dollars, or fix this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we, I even posted something about when they were talking about the draft penalties and what they came up with for that. It was convoluted. so, it was so cartoonishly convoluted, Gary. Like it looked like um, a calculus problem i i i just laughed out loud when i saw it i'm like how much more complicated can we make this and this is just one little thing instead of just getting to the core issues they'll they'll literally move mountains to try to avoid it and uh i just I, if anybody saw that and maybe i'll repost it but and it, it was, <laughs> was just hilarious yeah. it was hilarious.
0: It was, it's basically like um you know uh, moneyball when when they finally bring in the spreadsheet geek, right? Mm -hmm. And all the baseball people are looking at him like, you know, (laughs) but he loves that stuff. And that's how he sees the game in a spreadsheet like that. That's, that's what that proposal was. It was a big math problem.
1: Yeah. It's, It's ridiculous. I think one of the first comments I got was, um, that was definitely written by a lawyer and I'm a lawyer. I know exactly what that looks like. Yes. So yeah, I mean, it's
0: crazy, man. Like point is, uh, I I mean, I said all along, if you cost me games, you best make it count. And I'm not directing that at either side. I'm directing that at both. I want change. I want change to the game. I want the players paid fairly. I want, every team to have a chance to be successful. And, and to me, they they go hand in hand. I think you'd have a much more competitive league if they would just allow it to be balanced out. It starts by right away admitting that players have been underpaid. That's a, pro- that's a problem that I think a lot of cap people, which you and I are definitely considered, mm-hmm. um, that's a problem a lot of cap people have is they don't want to admit that. Well, you got to admit there's a problem. There's a problem. Those players are not getting paid what they should be getting paid. They're not. There's a reason they're so resentful. The problem is I'm watching them actively stab themselves in the foot. Year over year. They could have fixed this problem forever ago. And the power is still with all of them to fix this problem. Just get the word salary cap out of your mouth And go about the business of convoluted creating the whole thing. I'm sorry. That's what has to happen. Go in a serpentine way and hope that they don't catch on to what you're doing and slowly build in the little pieces and bits until you finally create something that actually constricts everybody into doing what they're supposed to do. And I'm sorry. I'm never, ever going to believe that 30 owners are all going to do the right thing. Just not. I'm not, nope. and I'm never going to believe that a meddlesome agent isn't going to stick his big, ugly toe in and screw it up because it's going to happen.
1: And, you know, that—that that is something you brought up a uh, touched on right there is with the agents, and I think, you know, we always talk about on this show is how much these agents and the PR stuff going on behind the game, and I think we just saw it again on deadline night right the deadline was 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 approaching and we were getting all this information we were getting all that information from a couple people and that that's really what it comes down to and it was a big nothing burger at the end and it's just another example of how tightly controlled the information and the power is in major league baseball and some of the stuff that we have to like weed through just to get accurate information on things. Right.
0: Regardless. Hey, we're going to have a lot more time to talk about this. I think that's enough for this week, but um, first thanks again to Alex Stump. Really, really great talking actual baseball. It was man. With Those him nuggets. For The first half of the show, good nuggets out of that. Right. That was, I'm really looking forward to reading his piece too. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already, by the time the show posts, but uh Jim, how do people get a hold of you, brother?
1: Yeah, it's uh, all Twitter all the time. You know me, Pittsburgh. Uh, it is at JimStam22 or for the city underscore four one two. And um, yeah, it's uh, it was a good talk today, and I really appreciate Alex coming on.
0: Yeah, it was good stuff. And uh, Jim, welcome back to Pittsburgh.
1: Thanks, nice to man. Back. Yeah, I got some got some good pizza going this week, and. It's and, the first uh, thing he did is hit up the ZA. I so, saw, yeah. I
0: and did, then, and then Mitchell starts a list today where everybody's hating on all the pizzas in Pittsburgh. And oh my God, that was a destructive <laughs> thread too, wasn't it? So, it was. <laughs> but uh, it was good to see you, man, and uh, good to talk about some of this stuff. It's been definitely hard to, to deal with, especially just feeling like that they're not going to get anywhere. And, that, and that's what sucks. I feel like we'll get the game back, but I don't, I certainly don't feel like it's going to be fixed. And that just distresses me.
1: It's a bummer. That's for sure. But maybe who knows, maybe they'll get some movement this week. And if nothing else, can we at least get the game back in some expanded playoffs? Cause I'll, I'll take any bone at this point. Cause I think that's what we're going to have to deal with. I totally agree.
0: Hey, follow the show pirates fan forum on Twitter. Uh, Pirates Fan Forum podcast on Instagram, Pirates Fan Forum on Facebook. Um, Yeah. We're trying to uh, get the word out as best we can. Help us anytime you can. If you like the show, make sure other people know about it. Follow all the shows on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And the new storefront and studio is getting closer and closer to opening on 5th Avenue downtown. That's going to be pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Hey. Yeah, thanks! And uh, listen to a cute little kid say, uh, Let's go, Bucks! Let's go, Bucks!